Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening. Hey, thanks for staying up late with us here on CamoX. Having a good time this evening. Hope you are as well. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, and I, I talked about this case several months ago, and I'm going to bring in Matt Pajeski here to talk about this because, Matt, if you remember, mm-hmm. if you remember a few months ago, you remember I talked about this case that was uh, the, the parties were trying to get to the Supreme Court and the case was Jack Daniels versus Bad Spaniels toy. Do you remember that? Yeah, and I also remember you talking about something about a uh, mac and cheese exploding in the microwave that injured somebody, and that was a, there was a lawsuit with that too, right? <laughs> well, I talk about a lot of stuff like yeah. that, okay? But you remember that Bad Spaniels, yeah, okay? Just to kind of refresh your memory, because I know everyone doesn't doesn't uh, follow this stuff like I do. <clears throat> I think this is an amazing case where. Somebody made a chew toy, and it looks like a whiskey bottle. And instead of saying Jack Daniels on it, it's a chew toy. It's made out of rubber, and it squeaks when the dog chews it, and it's called Bad Spaniels. And there's a lot of puns on there about, you know, what dogs do on the carpet sometimes. And so Jack Daniels decided to sue. And Jack Daniels actually won at a lower court. Uh, They lost at a different court. But now the Supreme Court has decided to take this case. So, Matt, I got two questions for you. Uh, producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. First of all, do you, just from a layman's perspective, do you see any harm in someone having a dog chew toy that, that is a parody of Jack Daniels? No, there's no harm in that. Right. And, and why is there no harm in that? Be- ah. Because it's funny. It's it's a play on Jack Daniels. It's cute. It's funny. The only harm is towards, I assume, Jack Daniels who wants to cash in on this, right? Right. And they're, I guess they're trying to get some publicity out of it. But secondly, from and maybe you won't agree with me on this, but is there anything better than imagining that there's going to be oral arguments in front of the Supreme Court in the hallowed halls of the Supreme Court with the nine lifetime tenured justices of the Supreme Court discussing dog chew toys. No, that's that's pretty great. I would like to hear that. <laughs> I want to go to that oral argument. I want to be there and watch them talk about the intricacies of how consumers might get confused between a dog toy and Kentucky whiskey. You think the, the squeak of the toy would give it away when you start drinking it? You know, you'd, you'd hear <laughs> the squeak and it would taste fuzzy, but 
Uh, apparently not. Apparently, people can't figure that out for themselves. Apparently, apparently not. And uh, th- this case, I don't know. Uh, I don't believe that uh, oral argument has been scheduled yet. But it seems like they should. This is the kind of case that screams for uh, show and tell. Wouldn't you love to see some sort of a boxer or a black lab sliding in on the marble floor of the Supreme Court, shaking that chew toy like a rabbit, just shaking it in its mouth? And I I just think that would be the height of of, uh, parody. Yeah, it would be kind of cute to watch that dog chewing on the chew toy. looks like, you know, he's throwing back a a swig (laughs) of Jack Daniels. I'm sure that's the, whole, that's the whole point of it. It's funny. That's the whole point. And one of the tests legally, the one of the tests is, it comes from a case from 1989, but the test is, will the, uh, first of all, it's a two-part test. Number one, is the work an expressive work? Uh, and secondly, will it, con- will it uh, mislead consumers? There's no misleading consumers here. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to Petco to buy alcohol. And, you know. and if you are, we, we, we need to talk. Yeah. Pet- yeah, you've had enough Jack Daniels to begin right. with. You go to Petco looking for liquor, uh, you've got problems before you walked in the door. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with the chew toy. So as this case uh, comes uh, to fruition at the Supreme Court, I'm going to try. I don't know that they're going to allow it to be recorded, but by golly, I hope they do. I, I want to hear the recordings of this. Uh, or the live broadcast. And if it's live, I'm going to record it and bring it here to you, and hopefully you'll find it as amusing as I do. Something that's not amusing is Kim Gardner. She's not amusing. In fact, she is perpetuating one of the main issues that is stifling the entire St. Louis region. So after the break, I'm going to talk about what she filed today in court. Actually, she filed it at about 10 o'clock last night, two hours before the deadline, and talk about what she filed in response to this quo warranto action to get her removed from office. But during that conversation, I'd like to ask you, and again, phone lines are open, call or text, do you think that that Kim Gardner should be removed from office, or do you agree with Kim Gardner that this is truly a witch hunt, that she's being uh, she's being singled out because she's an African-American female in the circuit attorney's office, and she's being held to a different standard than a male would be or certainly uh, a Caucasian would be. 314-436-7900 at your service. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Is there a more polarizing figure in St. Louis than Kim Gardner? I don't think so. I think at this point, even if you're Tashara Jones, you're like, I can't hold a candle to Kim Gardner in terms of polarizing figure in St. Louis. I don't think there is. I think she is the number one polarizing figure. And she's even polarizing within the African-American community. And there are a lot of reasons for that, not the least of which are the things that brought this what's called a quo warranto action by the uh, by the Missouri Attorney General, Andrew Bailey. Now, what had happened here, let me kind of give you a, a synopsis of what transpired up to yesterday. What we had was Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey filed this quo uh, warranto action, which is a process for removing a politician from office. And it's only been used for a prosecuting attorney in the state of Missouri twice in the last two times it, this, this happened was 83 and 82 years ago. So it hasn't been happened, hasn't happened in a while. So the judge in this case initially in a preliminary manner granted the action of Quo Warranto to allow it to move forward. And the judge, which was a special judge, had to be brought in from outside the St. Louis area. Why? Because all the judges in the city of St. Louis are witnesses. They are potential witnesses to Kim Gardner's official negligence and malfeasance. So this judge comes in initially and preliminarily grants the quo warranto action and gives Kim Gardner until yesterday, March 14, to file her response. Well, her response doesn't get filed until, I believe, 10 o'clock at night last night. So talk about cutting it close. I mean, midnight's as late as it gets, right? So uh, so she files it. I read through it all this morning. And with regard to the Quo Warranto action, it essentially alleges a series of, of malfeasance and negligence, including a failure to prosecute pending cases, uh, including problems and failures to communicate with victims on updates for the criminal cases. Also, uh, the, the circuit attorney's office would refuse, and there are multiple examples of this, where the circuit attorney's office refuses to prosecute cases brought by the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department, even when they're signed confessions, because she, she simply doesn't like the police officers. So we saw that what brought this to a head was the incident where uh, an individual, Janae Edmondson, was involved in an automobile accident. She was from Tennessee, Nashville area, and she lost both of her legs in an accident because someone who was supposed to be incarcerated wasn't because her office dropped the ball. Kim Gardner's office dropped the ball. So this person was out on bail when he shouldn't have been. He was involved in a motor vehicle accident. Janae Edmondson lost both of her legs. But when you read through the Quo Warranto action, it's not based upon this one incident. But it's a series, it's a chain of events going back to when Kim Gardner was first elected circuit attorney. So in reading through all of the material that was provided by Kim Gardner last night in her response, some 35 pages of documents. Here's the basic gist of it. Kim Gardner makes the point 
that there's only been two prosecutors who have been who have been removed from office, one in 1939 and one in 1940. And in both of those instances, there was a commonality of corruption, that they were both taking bribes on the side in order to uh, refuse to prosecute people who are gambling, refusing to prosecute people who are involved in illegal prostitution and illegal liquor sales. And so because of that corruption, these two individuals were removed from office. So Kim Garner makes the argument and extrapolates here that if you if if that's the measure, then there's no evidence that Kim Gardner has been involved in any corruption, that negligence in of itself is not enough. And what's interesting is in the actual filings, she blames her staff. She blames her circuit attorneys who worked for her and the administrative personnel in her office for dropping the ball. And she says she cannot be prosecuted for the negligence of her staff. And as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, wow, what a leader. You know, an amazing leader is one who blames her staff for her own failings. What a leader she is. And if I were working, no wonder they've got like a 200% turnover in the circuit attorney's office when all she does is blame her staff for her own failures. And by golly, I can't even imagine why people are leaving there, you know, like jumping like rats off the Titanic trying to get out of that office if all she's going to do is to blame them for her mistakes. So going back to the allegations, though, she makes this argument that in the absence of corruption, in the absence of evidence of self-dealing and corruption, she cannot be removed from office. That's the gist of her of her argument. The problem is, is that it doesn't comply with Missouri law. And Andrew Bailey's Quo Warranto motion makes this point, but I've got the statute right in front of me. I'm not going to quote it in detail, but when it talks about the basis for removing someone from office, it says this, and I'm quoting, who shall knowingly or willfully fail or refuse to do or perform any official act or duty which by law it is his or her duty to do or perform, unquote. So let's just look at the facts. If you look at all of the failures of her office to prosecute criminals, that meets the wording of the statute. Knowingly or willfully fail to perform any official act. It doesn't require corruption. It doesn't require malfeasance. It doesn't require evidence of being paid under the table. It doesn't require any of that. It just requires that you knowingly or willfully fail to perform any official act or duty, which the evidence of this for Kim Gardner is truly overwhelming. It's truly overwhelming. So what she does is, and this is a, from logic, this is called a straw man argument where you build up that you have to meet all of these requirements to have her removed from office and then show how those arguments don't apply. It's a classic logic fallacy. The problem is, is that that doesn't match with the statute and any judge is going to figure that out. There's no judge that's going to be bamboozled into thinking that, Oh my goodness, in the absence of, of corruption here, we can't remove her from office. The judge here is not going to fall for that straw man argument. It's not going to happen. But nothing in here in what she filed explains away the fact that 
she has refused, willfully refused to do her duty? And that's the real question. Why does Kim Gardner willfully refuse to do her duty? Why? It's because of a misguided sense of social justice. Misguided. I'm all for social justice. I don't want anyone to be discriminated against based upon the color of the skin or the content of their character. I don't want that. And yet, from her perspective, by letting criminals walk free with no bail, by refusing to prosecute people who have even confessed to crimes out of some misguided sense of social justice, that in of itself is a willful refusal to do your job. It is. And it warrants removal from office. Now, what happens next? The judge in this case doesn't have a specific timeline. The judge can take as much time as he wants, and he's not under any specific procedural time frame to render a decision. But essentially what will happen is this. The judge will reach one of two decisions. Either A, the Missouri Attorney General has met the burden of proof for quo warranto, and Kim Gardner has to be removed from office immediately. It's not at the end of the case. It would be done immediately, and then the trial would move forward. Or, or that because of the response that Kim Gardner gave, the Attorney General of Missouri did not make the case, and she continues in office while the quo warranto action proceeds. Those are the one of the two outcomes that I see. Under Missouri law, if the prosecuting attorney's office is vacant for any reason, the governor is empowered to appoint a successor. My hope, if, if, if I could give uh, Parson a call, Governor Parson a call right now, here's what I would tell him. Find someone who's a Democrat, who is an African-American in the city of St. Louis, who's an attorney, and will prosecute crime. Just so the people of St. Louis don't think this is a raw political act. Because it, it isn't. This is not about Republicans or Democrats. This is about safety and violence. That's what this is all about. And if you find someone who would meet that criteria, then there wouldn't be the accusation that you're doing this based upon race. There wouldn't be the accusation that this is being done based upon raw politics. But it could truly point out that the basis for removing Kim Gardner from office is the literal safety of everyone who lives, works, or plays in the city of St. Louis. And I hope that that's what the governor does. And I don't know if he's looking for someone with that criteria, but I certainly hope that he is. Hey, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, Jesse Smollett is in the news today. And I want to focus on what I think is the biggest crime in the Jesse Smollett case. And it's not even from Jesse Smollett, but it's from the media. Brad Young, at your service. Stick around. You know, there's nothing that starts me up like Larry calling in. Hey, Larry, good to talk to you, my friend. Good to talk to you also. So if you picked up the phone and you wanted to call the governor, Governor Parsons, and basically before the break, what I got out of that, it sounds like appeasement to me. I, I'm totally against that line okay, of thinking. That's okay. Go ahead and, and tell me why. Well, number one, 
I don't, you know, since the 60s, I think the Democrats have run the city. The mayor has been, you know, the Democrats have had power in the city. Is that correct? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. I would assume that this woman uh, is a Democrat, right? I mean, you want to fill her in with another Democrat. Um, what about maybe like a special election? She keeps touting that she was voted in by the by the voters. Well, Does there, this there, there could be a special election, but those special elections take time. And in the meantime, you've got to have somebody in that office. But but let me well, let me explain my rationale. Wait, wait one second. Yeah. Couldn't there be an, an an interim appointment then? Right. Yes, and that's what I was suggesting that the governor find someone in order to counteract the narrative. Because here's the narrative. When you and it's so crystal clear when you read through the filings from Kim Gardner. The narrative is is that the state of Missouri is against Kim Gardner because she's black. The state of Missouri is against Kim Gardner because she's a Democrat and the governor wants to replace her with a Republican in order to upset the will of the people uh, who vote Democrat in the city of St. Louis. But none of those things are true, Larry. None of them. And I agree. So, and so that's my my recommendation would be if you appointed me, Brad Young appointed me to be a circuit attorney when Kim Gardner is removed from office, I'm white, I'm male, I'm Republican. There's going to be, all that would do would be, would be to allow Kim Gardner to say, see, everything I said was true. They replaced me with a white male Republican, and it's all about race, it's all about politics. But if you replace her with someone who's black and a Democrat who would actually prosecute criminals, you destroy Kim Gardner's narrative and you show that it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with controlling crime in the St. Louis area. So how do you know you're going to get this person that's willing to prosecute criminals? You know, I heard on I heard I heard you on the news last week on a blurb. There was a maybe it wasn't you. There was a woman on. She was an older woman. And the question was, why are kids walking around in the city with guns? And there's nothing the police can do about it if they don't brandish the guns. So is that the case why the McCluskeys were arrested because they they brandish guns to protect their property? Are we are we kidding each other here? This is terrible. Of course, that's terrible. And the McCluskeys should never have been prosecuted. I, I predicted early on that they would plead guilty so the governor could issue a pardon. And that's exactly what happened. But uh, but no, they were prosecuted because not because they brandished the weapons they were prosecuted because they stood up to a mob that was marching to someone else's house to do damage so they stood up to the mob they were prosecuted uh through the vehicle of brandishing a weapon but don't make any mistake here larry they were prosecuted because they stood up to the left woke mob that's why they were prosecuted so getting back to this kim gardner thing real quick you know, when there's a crime in the city and there's a lot of crime in the city, there's a lot of crime that goes unreported. We don't even know about. But when there's a killing in the city, the blacks get together. They're sick of this. They have protests. We're sick of the killing. Right here is an indicator 
that's a great chance for the people to speak for themselves. Free speech, you talked about it earlier. I agree mm-hmm. with everything you said. Here's a chance to vote or do whatever it takes to get this woman out of there. She's a She is not doing her job. It's mm-hmm. hurting the community. It's hurting the state. Uh, it's because, hurting the state, because, yes. Because St. Louis is the economic engine for the state of Missouri, and if crime hurts St. Louis economically, it hurts Missouri economically. Hey, Larry, I got some other callers, my friend. I'm going to have to let you go, but it's great as always to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, Hey, Bill, you've been holding for a while. Welcome to KMOX. Hi, this is Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Hey, uh, I'm a lawyer in St. Louis. Hey, uh, there's something I wanted to mention. I don't think it's been talked about that much, but Kimberly Kim Gardner was brought up on uh, an information brought by the Missouri Bar Association, and she was reprimanded. She wasn't disbarred. Uh, But uh, I want to suggest something to you, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. And and that is is that it has been anyone else. Hmm. uh, (laughs) I've been around in the law for a long time, but. Uh, I think anybody else who'd been charged with the same offenses would have been disbarred. They would have been stripped of their bar license. The, the reason and, why I'm uh, laughing, Bill, the reason why you can hear me snickering in the background is <clears throat> I've made that exact same point a hundred times here on Camel X. That as I've talked okay. to attorneys in the community, everyone told me the same thing. If anyone yeah, else uh, suborned uh, perjury who allowed perjurious information to go before the court and failed to do anything to remedy that false and perjurious information. Any other attorney in the state of Missouri would have been disbarred, but Kimberly Gardner was not. Yeah, it's uh, amazing to me, and I think some of those people responsible, I hate to say it, but maybe some of those members of the Missouri Supreme Court who ultimately made the decision of the case uh, maybe they have uh, blood on their hands, or I don't know to say it that way, but... Uh, they have culpability, uh, Bill. I think the term you're looking for is culpability, because if the Supreme yes. Court would have done, the Missouri Supreme Court, if they would have done what they should have done last year, Kimberly Gardner would not have been in office, and perhaps, perhaps, Janae Edmondson today would have her legs because if a prosecuting attorney was in there who actually cared about prosecuting criminals, Janae Edmondson may not have been injured. And that's on the that's on the hands of the Missouri Supreme Court. I totally agree. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Great. Thank you. Hey, thanks for calling in. Uh, it, it, it really yeah. is an easy, easy way to follow. Uh, Kyle, we're, we're behind to take a break here, aren't we? Are we uh, over time a little bit? We're doing good. All right, I lost track of the time. So I've gotten a lot of calls. I've got a lot of text here I'm looking over. And I think what you're going to see is Kimberly Gardner will be removed from office. The governor will have to appoint a replacement. And then there will be an election. So the question becomes, what happens at that election? Now, I've researched this issue Thoroughly, I can't say that I've 100% reached a uh, conclusion, but at least what I've looked at so far, there's nothing that would prevent Kimberly Gardner from running for re-election, and there's nothing that would prevent her from being re-elected as a circuit attorney's office. Nothing. 
even though she's removed. But my hope is, my hope is that through this experience, the constituents of the city of St. Louis would realize that they need to vote in someone who's interested in real justice, not merely and exclusively social justice. Jeff, hey, what's on your mind, Jeff? Welcome to KMOX. Yeah, hi, Brad. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, it just it seems interesting that her proponents say that she's being held to a different standard. Well, I think it's, I think it's true. She is being held to a, a different standard, a lower standard. Hmm. I mean, it's pretty clear. She's yeah. being held to a lower standard. And, and they're on the exact opposite end saying that, that she's being treated unfairly. I, I mean, that, that seems ridiculous on its face. And then to also then to make, base the decision on the replacement on that baseless argument, I, I echo what Larry said. It's kind of unfortunate, you know, to, to avoid making it look like it's a decision based on race. You have to do exactly that and make a decision based on race. It has to be a black person. Yeah, and I'm normally against it. It's interesting, Jeff, that when President Biden came and said, I'm going to my next appointment to the United States Supreme Court will be a black woman. I yeah. immediately pointed out on this show that if he were in corporate America, he would be sued because his very statement violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964 because you cannot make a, a hiring decision based upon race one way or the other. So the president of the United States immediately and consistently violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So I don't know that the Governor Parsons should come out and say, I'm going to fill that with a black Democrat in that position right. for the same reason. I think that's unconstitutional. But behind yeah. the scenes, I think he has to do that in order to, to nullify the false arguments from Kim Gardner and to emphasize it's not about race, it's not about politics, it's about crime. And we need to get a handle on crime, and this is the best way to do it. 100%. I agree. That should be the focus. It just, it? and yeah, and I know it's a complicated issue. It just seems kind of unfortunate that that's where we are, that to avoid making it look like it's a political or racial decision, it actually has to be based on race, yeah. you know. It, it's, but it's, it's, an, it's an irony, isn't it, Jeff? It's yeah. a very ironic, but I think in this instance, it's necessary. <laughs> hey, thanks for calling for sure. in this evening, my friend. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Hey, Jim's been holding a while. Jim, welcome to KMOX. Yeah, talking about uh, Kim Gardner. Yes, sir. It's grace to St. Louis, and uh, she ought to be uh, disbarred and thrown completely out of the whole arena on that stuff. Uh, uh, that uh, gal that got her legs cut off because of that. Yeah, Janae uh, Edmondson. Yeah. Uh, that's a damn shame. But uh, she, uh, he ought to have the same thing done to him with no help whatsoever. Mm. Let him go through the same pain and suffering that she's gone through. Good words indeed, Jim. Hey, thank you for calling in this evening. All right. Thank you. I, I got a call a few moments ago from a caller who uh, didn't want to stick around. He hung up. But then he subsequently texted in. And this is what he told me. I'm not going to use his name because he chose not to come on the air. But this is what he told me. And he has a compelling story. He says that uh, he, he is a multiracial man, born and raised in South St. Louis, lifelong Democrat. And that he totally agrees that Kim Gardner needs to be taken out of office. 
But then he goes on to say this, and I'm quoting. You are also correct in the fact that you need to replace her with a like candidate. It would show understanding from the governor, unquote. And we had a gentleman who called in who also said that he saw someone shot. He saw the person who shot another individual. They were arrested, and within a week, the, uh, the shooter was back on the street. That is a synopsis of the problem in the city of St. Louis with crime. And if we appointed someone, if the governor appointed someone that looks like me, who sounds like me, and who votes like me, the folks in the city of St. Louis would feel betrayed because that's not who they voted for. And they would feel betrayed because they would think that they're being having someone imposed upon them that they don't agree with. And it would totally disarm all of these false conspiracy theories spewed by Kim Gardner if, a, if another African-American female were appointed to office but who would actually prosecute crime and not coddle the criminals and let them go. We'll see. I think it's going to happen, but let's see what Governor Parson has to do about that. 314-436-7900. We've got one more segment here on At Your Service. Stick around. At your service, Brad Young in with you for this last segment. And let me try to put this into context. If you've ever seen an interview with a white supremacist, it's reprehensible when you watch what they say, when you hear what they say, and you hear the theories that are espoused by white supremacists. It's it's truly reprehensible. And yet what their delusion is, is that they view everything in America, every event, every occurrence, everything through the prism of white nationalism. And that's wrong. Now, there may be some elements about what they say tangentially that may coincidentally might be accurate. But isn't that the case where the strongest lies are always a mixture of truth and false? We certainly see that in Scripture a lot, uh, where some of the greatest lies that have ever been told in history were a mixture of a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie. The reason why I mention that is because what we see with Kim Gardner is much the same thing. Have African Americans in this country been discriminated against? Absolutely they have. There's no question about that, and anyone who says that that African-Americans have not experienced discrimination is lying or is head injured. And yet at the same time, everything in America is not about race from Kim Gardner's perspective. It is, but that's not true. That's the prism through which she sees. And the reason why I put it in that context is because Jesse Smollett was in the news again this week. Now you remember Jesse Smollett. He was the, kind of a D-grade actor who suddenly during the Trump administration in Chicago put a noose around his neck, had friends put nooses around their necks, and claimed that he was attacked by white supremacist Trump supporters. 
And even to this day, he maintains that's what's happened. And immediately when it happened, the entire swath of the mainstream media rushed to Jesse Smollett's defense to say he's exactly right. This happens in America. Isn't this terrible what happened to him? This shows you just how racist we are as a country. The only problem with that narrative is that it was a lie. And the reason we know it's a lie is because the two individuals who helped Jesse Smollett do this have finally broken their silence and talked about it. They were interviewed this week. And it's interesting because these are both black individuals. And yet Jesse Smollett said he was attacked by white supremacists, by Trump-loving, MAGA-supporting white supremacists. And these guys were the exact opposite of that. They weren't white. They weren't Trump supporters. They weren't MAGA-supporting people. And they weren't wearing red hats. So literally no part of this story was true. And yet it was embraced as true by a mainstream media. Why? Because it fit their narrative. And their narrative was everything in this country is discriminatory. Anyone who's a Republican is a racist, hate monger. And this obviously happened because this fits in with our belief system that all conservatives, that all Republicans are hate-filled racists. So it fit into the narrative. The reason why I'm bringing this up now is because when the uh, Bola and Ola Asendario, the two brothers who were hired by Smollett, he actually wrote him a check, I think, which, you know, can I just tell you, if you're going to commit crimes, don't write a check to your criminal associates, okay? <laughs> Pay them in cash. That's, I'm not advising you how to commit a crime here. I can't do that as an attorney. I'm just telling you it makes no, it makes no sense to pay your accomplices in crime and to pay them with checks. It just, that's like the guys who call the police and say, hey, I want to report a theft. My cocaine, part of my cocaine was stolen, and I want you to come here and investigate it. You don't do that if you're selling cocaine. You don't do that. And you don't write checks to your criminal accomplices. But Jesse Smollett did. And the brothers were interviewed today. And the the brothers, these two guys who helped Smollett perpetuate this lie, said something that was extremely insightful. And that is this. They both said that Smollett wanted to be, and I'm quoting, the poster child for activism, unquote. So in other words, let me, let me repackage this idea into a way that's applicable to what we're dealing with today. What they're saying is, is that from Smollett's point of view, I'm willing to tell a lie and I'm willing to perpetuate a crime in order to be an activist for a cause that I support. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Kim Gardner. That sounds exactly like Kim Gardner, who says, I'm willing to break the law. Let's stop it right there. If you're looking at the statutes, the circuit attorney of St. Louis is charged with prosecuting crime. She has not done that. So she's violated the law. Number two, it's the duty of the circuit attorney's office to advise 
to advise victims about the status of the criminals who have injured them. Circuit Attorney's Office has not done that. Violated the law. Number three, they're supposed to show up in court for court appearances. They haven't done that. That's why cases have been dismissed because they did not, their office did not show up or show up prepared in front of a judge. So in just in those three instances, we can see that Kimberly Gardner has violated the laws of Missouri. For what reason? To advance an idea of activism because she sees herself as an activist for social justice. So she's willing, just like Jesse Smollett, to commit a crime to further her goals of activism. And just like Jesse Smollett, she has been found out, and hopefully the conclusion will be the same. Not that they'll go to jail. I don't think Kimberly Gardner should go to jail. But I do think she should be removed from office for a dereliction of duties, willful misconduct, and knowingly and willfully failing to execute the duties of the office to which she was elected. And that's the entire basis of the quo warranto action by the Missouri Attorney General. So when I looked at this story and I saw that that these brothers who helped them, who helped Jesse Smollett commit this crime, and that this actor saw himself as a poster child for activism, it truly occurred to me that that's how Kim Gardner sees herself. And I'm not just spitballing here. When she got that individual released from prison last year who was wrongfully convicted of a crime, she was in court every single day. Give me one other example where Kimberly uh, has been in court, Kimberly Gardner has been in court for anything, much less every single day. But she was there to get a person released from prison. And that is good. Innocent people should not go to prison. But she should have the same zeal when it comes to releasing someone from prison. She should have the same zeal for putting criminals behind bars. And she does not. And my hope is, is that when the hoax of Kim Gardner is fully realized through this Kowarnto action, she'll be removed from office and will not be a poster child for activism in the exact same way that Jesse Smollett has been dethroned from that position. Hey, stick around. Coming up at 10, we've got the best of Dave Glover. I'll be back next Wednesday night right here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.